Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to City Church. Uh, I'm Casey Cup. It's uh, just so great to see all your faces. If you're tuning in, uh, thanks. Uh, it's so wonderful to see you today. Uh, if you don't know much about me, I'm one of the board members here at the city, and from time to time, I'm up on the worship team. I've been married for 26 years to my wonderful wife, Jennifer. I have three kids, Rachel, who's 23, Ellie is 19, and Carter is 17, almost out of high school. So my background a little bit, I've been a pastor in the area for about 20 years, and then I left pastoring to kind of do more consulting and coaching with churches and businesses, and I'm an entrepreneur, so we have a business called Buttercup Candles, and Neil had asked me to speak uh, and be a part of this series of Romans. So let's pray together. Let's jump into today's message, shall we? Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your grace, your mercy, your tenderness. And Lord, wherever people are at today in life, if they feel like life's not going to get any better, that they would walk away from this message knowing that when they thought it wouldn't get any better, that they'll start asking questions like, if I thought it couldn't get any better because of the grace and mercy of Jesus. So, have you ever found yourself asking these questions? What's the meaning of life? Why am I here? Why is life so difficult? Or what happens after I die? Well, all of humanity struggles with these same questions, and I know I have. If you want to know a little bit more about my story, um, I want to share some of that with you. So when I was eight years old, I was molested. And I held that secret in for almost a year. And then when I turned nine, I had a nervous breakdown as a nine-year-old. Uh, from ages nine to 12, I was suicidal. And then when things seemed to be getting better, my parents got divorced when I was 15. And this led me down this path of sleeping around, trying to find love and attention and constantly chasing meaningless dead ends. And what that ended up doing is it put me in a place to where I was constantly asking these same questions. What's the meaning of my life? Why am I here? Why is life so difficult? What happens after I die? And just when I thought my life wouldn't get any better, Jesus rescued me at age 18. And here's what I discovered. I discovered that Jesus loved me. He accepted me just as I was. And where I felt dirty and ashamed, he washed me clean. Where I felt broken, Jesus healed me. And where I felt lost, he found me. And one of the things that I discovered early on is that all of life's most difficult questions are answered when we understand the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And that's what I would like to talk to you about today. The title of today's message is when you thought it couldn't get any better. So we're in the book of Romans. We're in chapter 4 at the very last verse. It's going to be up on the screen, Romans chapter 4, verse 25, as we continue on in the series. It says, Romans 4, 25, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. So last week, Pastor Neil talked about justification and just to kind of recap here a little bit, justification is a legal term that signifies acquittal. And acquittal means a judgment that a person is not guilty of a crime with which the person has been charged. So that's what it means to be acquitted. But here's the problem is that all of humanity 
has been charged with the crime of breaking God's law. Romans 5.12 says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world, and Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. 1 John 3, 4 says, Everyone who sins is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God. So what this means is that every human from the dawn of time until today has been contaminated with sin. It's a terminal disease, and it's a disease that none of us can escape except through Jesus. James 1, 14 through 15 says, Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So sin is like cancer. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. And all of humanity has been diagnosed with it. But here's where it gets really amazing. Is that Jesus made a way for sin to stop growing. He made a way for humanity to stop dying. And this is where understanding what Jesus did on the cross becomes completely and totally mind-blowing. If you're listening today, I want to tell you that Jesus did everything that humanity was unable to do. Here's what I mean by that. Hebrews 2, 14 through 15 says, because God's children are human beings, we're all human beings if we're God's children, even if we're not, made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. So God had to become flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. And only in this way could he set free all who live their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Here's what this amazing verse means, and here's what's so beautiful about the cross and what Jesus did. When we place our faith in Jesus, the sinner, you and I, are acquitted. We are acquitted from the law of sin and death. Here's what faith in Jesus does, is it kills the disease of sin, it breaks the power of the devil, and it delivers us from the fear of dying. So let me ask you a question today. How many of you are sinners? And of course, I'm seeing hands raised, but let me tell you, this is a trick question. Because in God's eyes, because of what Jesus did on the cross, because how he became a human being and lived a sinless life, in God's eyes, we are seen as sinless because of what Jesus did by living a sinless life as a human being and dying in the place of sinful humans. You see, church, God sees us the way that he sees Jesus. Look at this. Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 27 says, For you are all, say all, if you're sitting at home, say all, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus and all who have been united with Christ. If you're a Christian today, you are part of the all. You're a child of God. You have faith in Jesus. You've been united with Christ. Here's what it says. In baptism, we have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. Here's what this means. If I had a big jacket and I had a 
a, a mask and I had pants and all of it looked like Jesus, that means we put on Christ and we become a new creation. When we accept by faith what Jesus did on the cross, we put on Christ. So then if I have a new coat on and I say, look at my coat, what kind of coat it is. Let's say I have a Patagonia coat and it says Patagonia on it. And you look at me and I say, what kind of coat is this? You'll say, well, it's Patagonia because it says what it is. So if I put on Christ because of his faith, when somebody says, who is that? In Christ, God says, well, that's Jesus. This is the mind-blowing thing about the cross. This is the beauty of Jesus. And just when you thought things couldn't get any better, your life of sin, your life of condemnation, when you accept what Jesus did, you put on Christ, and all of a sudden God sees you the way he sees Jesus. What happens is we shift from being a condemned sinner to being a completely new creation. This is why Jesus said in John 3, 3, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. When someone is born again, we become something completely and totally new, that whatever we were is no longer, that we become something completely and totally new so that we can see the kingdom of heaven. When we understand that the kingdom of heaven, we cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven as a sinful human being, but Jesus steps in and we clothe ourselves with him and we become completely and totally new. The old sin-contaminated you can't survive in the kingdom of God. The Casey cup before I gave my life to Jesus is dead. I'm not the same person anymore. God sees me the way that he sees Jesus. I'm clothed in Christ and the same can be true for you today. And just when you thought it couldn't get any better, when God gives us new life, he also transfers us into a new kingdom. Colossians 1, 13 through 14, for he has rescued us. Who's he? It's Jesus. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. Imagine this being the kingdom of darkness over here. That Jesus rescues us from the kingdom of darkness, and it says, and he transfers us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave us our sins. After we accept what Jesus did by faith, we are clothed with him. Jesus, God sees us the same way he sees, sees Jesus himself. We're transferred from one kingdom into another kingdom. The old, dead Casey Cup is in this old kingdom, is no longer alive and kicking, that I'm a new creation and I'm over here in this new kingdom of God, clothed in Jesus. Jesus, God looks at me and sees me the way he sees Jesus. He sees me as a sinless human being because Jesus lived a sinless life, and just when you thought things couldn't get any better. 1 Corinthians 15, through 24 says this, just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, death entered through Adam in the old kingdom, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. This is where it gets really good. It says, but there's an order to the resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest, and this is the key point of this message. He was the first of the harvest. What does that mean? It says, then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. After that, the end will come. Then he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. There's an order to the resurrection. Jesus being the first of the harvest, and then comes all who belong to Christ. 
What does that mean? Why is this all happening? It means that humanity is heading somewhere. This is a story that God has been telling since the beginning of time, since the moment that Adam sinned. The story has never changed. That God's creating a new kingdom. That God is making a new creation. That just when you thought things couldn't get any better, it keeps getting better. This is why Jesus said this in John 12, 24. He says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies... It remains alone, but its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of what? Of new lives. So in this verse, it says, unless a kernel of wheat dies, if it's not planted in the soil, it can't produce anything new. So who's the kernel of wheat? It's Jesus. So when that's planted, what happens with the wheat? It produces a new crop. So new lives, new creation, new humanity being birthed and coming onto the scene. Romans 8.29 says, For God knew his people in advance. And listen, he chose them. It says God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. When we clothe ourselves with Jesus, when we receive what Jesus did by faith, when we put that on, we become like his son. This is something that God knew about his people in advance. And then it goes on to say, so that his son would be the firstborn. You remember that last verse? The other verse talked about the first harvest. This talks about his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. What does that mean for Jesus to be the firstborn? Jesus is the first human being to be born again. This is a literal thing. If you look at what happened, Jesus died on the cross, and he rose again on the third day, and he took on his resurrected body. He took on the same sort of position that we're going to have for all eternity, where we're going to receive our eternal bodies that can handle eternity. We can be set free from the power of sin and death. That was the whole point of Jesus paying the price on the cross so that he could die and resurrect a new humanity. So Jesus is the first human, and then everyone after that becomes his brothers and sisters born again, and they become a part of this new humanity. Everything's moving forward. God is telling a story. And just when you thought it couldn't get any better... It does. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. Here's what this means. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ becomes a new person. The Casey Cup that was molested when he was eight, that had a nervous breakdown when he was nine, that was suicidal, that slept around, that it, and the struggles that just life brings us as human beings in this kingdom today, but also as in a redeemed kingdom. We're in this in-between that things are getting better. Because here's what it says. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. Now listen to this, 2 Corinthians 18. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ and has given us the task of reconciling people to him. So what do we do in the in-between? If we're following Jesus, what do we do in the in-between? We've got our old kingdom that's the old Casey's dead. We have the new kingdom that's coming, but we're also a part of it now. That's why Jesus always made these comments that the kingdom of God is here. It's at hand and also that it's coming because it's all at the same time. And we're standing here on the in-between. So what's our role as followers of Jesus? It says, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him 
For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us, you, me, followers of Jesus, he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors, and God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So in this life, today, right here, right now, God has given us this amazing message to share with all of humanity, and here's what it is. He's no longer counting your sins against you. That God wants you back. He loves you. He's made a way to set you free from anything you've ever done, heal you from anything that you've ever been through. If you've been molested or rejected, if you're feeling lost or broken, Jesus is saying, he's not only saying, I can fix that. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's not placing a bandage on a hurting and broken life. He's telling you today, I want to make you into something completely and totally new. Jesus is telling you today, I'm rescuing you and I'm clothing you with my life. He wants you to become a new creation. He wants you to be able to to call you his son and his daughter. What we need to understand today, church, is that the old Neil is dead. The old Jacob is dead. The old Casey is dead. The old Rachel is dead. We are totally and completely new creations because of what Jesus did. And that's the whole promise that all of chapter 4 of Romans talks about. Things are going somewhere, and just when you thought it couldn't get any better. One day, everyone that's put their faith in Jesus will become a part of the resurrected humanity, and we'll be able to handle eternity. Because eternity is only handled by those that have been resurrected, only by those that have a new body that can handle and live forever, that doesn't, that doesn't have decay and death and sin. That's what Jesus did. It wasn't just so that we can feel good about ourselves today. It's that we're completely and totally transformed through Christ. Jesus becomes our clothing. God looks at us the way he looks at Jesus. And God wants us to be able to be in a place where we can handle eternity. But the question is, what's eternity? Because we think a lot, oh, this life is hard, and someday I'm just going to, uh, you know, go to the sweet by and by. I'm going to die, and I'm going to go to heaven. But here's what Revelation 21, 1 through 5 says. Then I saw a new heaven. Say new heaven. And I saw a new earth. So here's what's going to happen. There's going to be a new heaven. There's going to be a new earth, for this verse says, for the old heaven and the old earth has disappeared. And the sea was also gone, and I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, like a beautifully dressed bride for her husband. It says, then I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now where? among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. And I'm going to read verse 4 in just a minute, because the molested eight-year-old Casey, whatever the trauma you've been through, whatever it is, whatever is going on in your life today, whatever it is, here's what happens when redeemed humanity that's clothed with Christ goes from this kingdom over to this kingdom and spends eternity with Christ. When we have that time where heaven and earth become one, and Jesus sets up his eternal kingdom Verse 4 says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death, 
no more sorrow, no more crying, and no more pain. All these things are gone forever. And then Jesus says in verse 5, and the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. Whatever is a part of your old life is no more in Christ. That you have become a new creation, that you are transferred into a new kingdom, that you are clothed with Jesus. And just when you thought things couldn't get any better, heaven and earth are going to become one. Church, eternity doesn't speak of us going up to heaven. It talks about heaven coming down. You see, Jesus answers all of life's most difficult questions. And he gives all of humanity hope, meaning, and purpose. And humanity is headed somewhere. And just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Jesus invites you to be a part of it. And if you've been tuning into this message today, I want to ask you, if you feel like you're drowning in sin, if you're unable to save yourself, if you feel like you have nothing to offer God, I'm living proof that God can take our nothing and turn it into a new creation. He has a promise for you that's only found in Jesus. He's the God that brings the dead back to life. And he's taken this broken world and he's making new things out of nothing. And today you can be a part of what God's new humanity is. He can transfer you from one kingdom to the other. And you can know today that you're a part of eternity. And just when you thought it couldn't get any better, he's here to rescue you today and to make you into something new. Let's pray together. Father, you are doing something new in the lives of those that are watching this message, that those that are here today. And Father, we pray right now that you begin moving in people's hearts and lives. You can just say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask today that you would transfer me from the kingdom of this world into the kingdom of God. That you would clothe me with Christ. I pray that you would forgive me of all of my sins. That I receive what you did on the cross, the life that you lived and the death that you died. Empower me, Lord, to share and to reconcile the world to you by calling people to come back to God. And we know, God, that just when we thought things couldn't get any better, that it's going to. The more we follow you and serve you, and we give you this day, we give you this message. In Jesus' name, amen.